Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Savio Chen. He is the preeminent expert on U.S.-China partnerships and building loyalty with Chinese luxury brands. He's the president and CEO of U.S.-China Partners, which helps companies move to China and helps Chinese companies uh, move into America as well. He's also the author of a book called China's Super Consumers, What One Billion Customers Want and How to Sell It to Them. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Savio. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you. Just give us a brief description of your history leading up to where you are today. Okay, great. I was born and raised in Hong Kong, and I came to New York about 35 years ago for college. And uh, my first job is making donuts at Dunkin' Donuts uh, at midnight to finance my school. And then after I finished school, I, I, want, to do, I, I want to be in business. So I, call, I went to the library before the internet time and do a research and find out who's the most successful Chinese billionaire. And I cold called him for nine months. And uh, eventually he, he, he agreed to see me. And then uh, he encouraged me to start my first business. So I, I started my first business. It was 1992. It was a computer store uh, on Long Island selling computer software, network, you know, all this good stuff, uh, competing with you know, all the big box store. And then sold them five years later and then uh, for profit. And then I started a chain of uh, Microsoft authorized training center, uh, grew to about five locations in the Tri-State area, sold them in 2001. Uh, and then I started U.S.-China Partners for the, the last 15 years. Very good. So let's kind of take a broad look at the Chinese market today. Uh, the Chinese economy seems to be growing quite well, having recovered from the coronavirus, where a lot of other countries have not. Give us kind of a sense of the, the state of the Chinese economy today. Well, China has been really, uh, you know, uh, like you say, has been uh, the first major economy that actually have, uh, have a great, you know, uh, positive growth last year. And this year, the last quarter, the first quarter, China's GDP grow 18.3% growth and, uh, you know, at a very healthy pace. And it's really a consumer-led economy consumer-driven, unless in the past it's like an investment-less economy. So China's export is doing really well. Their outbound shipments is uh, jumped 32% in April. And, uh, and again, I think China's consu Chinese consumers is the largest and the most powerful consumers uh, in the next foreseeable 10 years, and it's still growing uh, every day. And uh, so, um, so I think that uh, if you have any, if you're a major brand, consumer brand in particular, uh, or if you, already, or you make any product on the sale, uh, they buy everything from, you know, from iPhone to, uh, to, uh, to Tesla, right? And, yep. uh, and, and for most of the market, they are number one, you know, in that market, or number one, number two. And uh, just give you some vantage point, uh, just a few days ago, it's May 1st, is one of the longest, biggest holiday in China, where most Chinese consumers travel uh, because COVID has been just lifted, you know, and they've been back to normal for the last few months. May 1st holiday in China, they have 230 million trips, you know, which top, yeah. you know, uh, you know, uh, 2019, you know, the has broke new record of $258 million. 
consumption is really a growth driver for Chinese, you know, consumers and, and, and the market. So I think that, you know, if there's, if there's one thing that I want people to know is despite all the rhetoric on politics and uh, the country is fighting and all this other stuff, uh, one thing that's not going to change is the consumers are buying and they're buying more and they're being more selective and they still love a lot of the U.S. brands going there. That's why Tesla... Uh, you know, sell more than 20% of the car in the number one EV market in China and many, many others too. So I think that, you know, people want to be aware of, you know, uh, what can we do in China and how can we sell your products to the consumers and in case they buy a lot. Yeah. So let's talk about the U.S.-China relationship. Under President Trump, it was quite tense. We put all kinds of tariffs on China, uh, restricted their products, and then towards the end, they came to an agreement where China agreed to buy grain and various other things from the United States. So have things gotten better since we've had that trade agreement with China? Well, I think that, you know, the uh, the good news is because now China has been stabilized in terms of the, uh, the leadership side. President Xi, he's now consolidated all the power in China. So he's now the president for the next foreseeable future. So it's very stable on his side. Uh, and the U.S. side, we just have our, have our election. We have a new president. Just uh, you know, President Biden is a new uh, you know president. So now we get an opportunity to really uh, you know, when the next election is a few years away, so we can really focus on rebuilding this U.S.-China partnership relationships, which is arguably the most important you know relationship in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the world. Um, and I think that we get a chance to really reset this the right way. Uh, so I think you know, uh, hopefully. Uh, uh, the Biden administrations have, um, you know, uh, some good people guiding him to to uh, to deal with China the right way, so that we won't be, you know, uh, zeroing on the wrong stuff and then hurt the overall, you know, uh, economy. You know, for all. So they had that re recent meeting between uh, uh, State Department uh, Secretary Blinken and the Chinese officials, which was extremely tense, and they were screaming at each other, it did not go very well. What needs yes. to be done to get things going on a better track between the United States and China now that we have uh, President Biden? Well, I think that, you know, I think that, you know, it's really about the, the tactics, right, the strategies. I think that, you know, uh, uh, before, I think that before the top administration have some, some uh, better China experts guiding them, uh, you know, I'm not sure, you know, the current administrations, the, uh, uh, the, the Chinese, you know, uh, expertise is really, uh, you know, uh, you know, the best out there. Uh, so I think that the approach is a little bit, you know, uh, controversial and, uh, and, uh, and China was uh, not very happy about the last meeting. Yes. But I think that, you know, uh, if, they, if they really take a step back and listen to some of the other, you know, uh, uh, good China experts, you know, uh, opinion, I think that can be back to, can be back on track, hopefully, you know? So let's talk about the, some of the specific issues that the United States has with China, because if these can get resolved, we could have much more trade. One of them is stealing of intellectual property. They say that China forces companies to show over their blueprints and intellectual property, and it copies them. Uh, is, is that a correct perception, and what can be done about that? Well, it is, it is, uh, it is, it is true that you know, uh, for most emerging growth economy, uh, they learn by, you know, First copying and and then and then they have once they reach the time that they have their own you know IP and have more and more IP now they tend to be less copying and more protecting their own IP. I mean going back in U.S. history, you might remember that you know in the early in the earlier years we also copy a lot of the other people countries' IP too. 
-hmm. know, until, you know, the last, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, now we have a lot more of our own IP. Now it's a way, hold up, wait a minute, let's protect them and let's not copy other people and let's uh, protect our own IP. So I think China is at that stage right now. If you look at the uh, the invention, the IP, the uh, the uh, all the trademark and uh, and all this thing, they are now growing at a pace that are really really fast. They have more you know STEM engineers, they have more creators, and uh, even the internet side. Some will argue that they have more you know innovations on the internet side than even what we have on Facebook and uh, and Google. So yeah. so I thought now that they have so many more inventions and intellectual property to protect, I think they're going to be more. Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, going to protect uh, less copying and, and enforce it a lot better. So that's going to a better track. I think they also understand that to be a first class, you know, uh, uh, economy, you know, in the world, which appeal to their, their, their higher self, right? Appeal to their higher self. Hey, if you want to be the number one economy in the world, which you are poised to become in 2035, let's do the right thing. Let's, let's act like you are the number one economy in the world and and protect and respect intellectual property. I think they are doing that right now on that track. Uh, huh. It's slowing, but uh, but they are but they are on, in that direction. The other complaint is that they keep their currency artificially low for economy as strong as it is. Uh, the renminbi and the yuan should be much higher. Uh, that give, gives them an unfair advantage. What is your response to that? Well, I think that that uh, I think every country just to do their own uh, do their own uh, currency, you know, thing, right? So, but of course, for for RMB to be one of the one of the uh, if you look at history, the number one economy, the number one country in the world, uh, one of the thing is the currency going to flow. You know, the currency going to be international currency. The currency going to be adopted by all the all the all the world. You know, in the, in the world. So I think RMB is you know RMB is on that track right now. So again, same same way, you know, if they want to be number one economy in the world, number one country in the world in about 20, 30 years, I think they would they would they would try to do the right thing by letting the currency to be more, you know, more accepted adopted by, by all the other, you know, uh, you know, uh, countries. So I think there would there will be less control and but more, you know, international international internationalizations of the of, of the currency. I think that's also uh, the advice of many financial you know, companies chief to them. You know, they are, and, and China is listening, you know, to them. I mean, look, if you look at all the top, you know, uh, financial guys, uh, financial companies, you know, uh, chairman and CEO from Ray Dalio to Stephen Schwarzman from Blackstone, they have been advising and going to China for the last 20, 30 years. Yes. And they're giving a lot of good advice to the China Chinese leadership. And frankly, they are listening to their advice. So I think they are, they are, they are much more open-minded than we, we give them credit for. The other thing that people complain about is that China subsidizes state-owned industries <clears throat> to keep employment going in China and therefore undercuts uh, American companies and steel and aluminum and various other things. That's why President Trump put the tariffs on because they said that China is competing unfairly by subsidizing state-owned industries. What do you think about that complaint? I think there's, uh, there's some valid points on that too. And frankly, I think that you know we wanted to be you know abide by the international rules, right? Uh, China to be a, to be the to be a, to be the number one economy in the world, got to be a rule-based country. And I think they are learning the the rules and try to uh, you know adopt the rules slowly but surely. But it's the approach how we tell them, right? You know, we don't we just we just don't want to accuse them and uh, and uh, make them hard to uh, follow our uh, our bitter advice, right? So mm -hmm. I think that you know it's the approach how you talk to them. 
the one thing you should learn about Chinese culture is you do not want to make them lose face, especially the leaders. Yes. You make them lose face into the world by doing a press conference, by putting on all the media that they steal and they copy and they do it unfairly. You put them in a, in a stage that they have to counterattack and, uh, and they cannot do that, right? Because uh, one thing about China is, you know, if you understand Chinese culture is they put, you know, harmony above prosperity. Mm-hmm. Face, you're giving the uh, giving giving the leadership a face is so important because the one thing they 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 free about is chaos in the country, right? It's a 1.4 billion people. You know, it's not easy to govern all these people with with, with all this you know a wide gap of wealth. You know, so I think that it's important how you approach them and how you talk to them to follow the international rules and doing the right thing. How you approach them is very important, and that's why. You know, it's like Google, right? If you if you Google go to China and they say, you know, you know, do it this way, that way, they say, well, then then they, they, they will ban you from even operating in China. So I think the key is if you want them to work with you, you have to appeal to them uh, the right way. Yes, very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Savio Chen. Uh, he is the preeminent expert on U.S.-China partnerships. Uh, he is the CEO of U.S.-China Partners. And you can find out more about him at his website, which is uschinapartners.com. We'll be back after this. For many people, it can be difficult and intimidating to get started investing. Most people don't learn about investing in school or even from their parents. So many people are left out from the benefits of investing because they just don't know how to get started. But the stock market is designed to have millions of people participate and enjoy the returns that are available for investing in stocks over the long run. That's why I recently joined Public.com, which is an investing social network which allows you to buy stocks from any amount of money while you share ideas and learn from a vibrant community of investors. I love the idea that Public.com is making the whole investment experience accessible, educational, and fun. You not only get all the usual tools to invest, like research on companies and mutual funds, but you also get to share your ideas and questions with a larger community of people all over the country. This is unlike any other trading platform I've ever used. Most stock trading services let you invest, but do not let you connect to a thriving community of knowledgeable investors. I find the app easy to navigate and loaded with useful features to help me research investments and connect with other like-minded people. You can follow anyone you like, including people you don't know, or famous people who show you what's in their portfolios. It's really a great way to get ideas about what I might like to invest in. The public.com app is free to use, and there are no account minimums, so you can start with a small amount of money, as little as $1. There are also no commissions when you buy or sell stocks, bonds, or mutual funds. You can also do fractional investing, where you buy a slice of a company if its shares cost too much. Take a look at Amazon or Berkshire Hathaway or Microsoft. Shares could be in the hundreds or even thousands of dollars, and you can still buy a slice of a company like that. Public.com is creating a new, more inclusive culture for investing. They want it to be open to everyone. Uh, For example, about 40% of their uh, community is women, and 45% are people of color. When you invest with Public.com, you're never investing alone. They make it easy to collaborate and build your confidence as an investor. You get to connect with other users, friends, other members, and notable investors to learn new things together and see how they're investing. 
Public.com takes the responsible approach. They don't promote risky or gambling-like behavior, offer complex trading tools to beginners, or encourage uh, day-to-day trading. Instead, they promote long-term investing habits. Public.com prides itself on transparency and won't sell your data to market makers or third parties like other brokers do. They offer a way to break free of traditional financial institutions that want you to spend more money and profit from your trading information. So go to public.com backslash money answers to follow me on public.com and see what I've been investing in lately. You can start investing today for as little as $1. You can even get a free slice of stock when you join. Just go to public.com backslash money answers to download the free public.com app. This is valid for U.S. residents 18 years or older, subject to account approval. See public.com slash disclosures. They do not give investment advice. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the Internet. It's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Savio Chan. He's the preeminent expert on U.S.-China partnerships. Uh, He is the CEO of uschinapartners.com and author of a book called China's Super Consumers, What One Billion Customers Want and How to Sell It to Them. Welcome back to the show, Savio. Thank you. One of the big markets is electric vehicles, the EV market. So tell us about the development of the EV market in China and where do you think that's going to be going? Well, China is already the largest EV market in the world and, uh, and every major place is there. And of course, Tesla is there. And what Tesla has been doing is amazing. They, uh, they built a gigantic Shanghai Gecko factory built in one year's time, uh, less than one year, in fact. And, it, and the Chinese banks financed them 
give them like two billion dollars of money to build the whole thing. And Tesla was also able to achieve something that nobody have achieved before in the car industry. They are they have no partners. They are solely wholly owned by themselves in China. Because in all the other major automobile, uh, if you go to, into the China market, which is the number one car market in the world, you have to have a joint venture partner. Like you know, GM has a SAIC, you know, and uh, everybody else has have a JV partner. But Tesla, because it's, it's the first one that without any joint venture partner, and now Tesla have already uh, this in March that quarter, this quarter this year, have already sold sixty nine thousand. 280 Model 3 and Model Y are in China already. And China is accountable for 21%, one-fourth of their total sales in the world. And they are already selling about 3,000 cars a week in China. And if you buy a Tesla in China, uh, the Chinese government will subsidize you for $3,560 per car. And also will exempt your tax for 10% for the purchase tax. So that make it really special, right? And also all the other major player like, you know, BYD, you know, Chinese Tesla called NIO, NIO, uh, all are doing really, really well in China. So uh, so I think this is, is an important market in China and this uh, this market is getting, getting bigger and bigger. And in fact, I was told by many of the car car buffs, they say, hey, they say, they say the, the Tesla built in China is actually better quality than Tesla built in the U.S. I said, really? Wow, maybe this is a newer factory. And now Tesla is for the first time saying that they want to export their car from China to the other European countries because they, they, they build a lot of them and they have a high quality. So that is an important market to pay attention to in China and the world. In general, you think of China as advanced in some ways, but also burns a lot of coal, the pollution is still terrible. They, they were kind of non-committal in their commitment for the Paris uh, Accords as far as um, climate change and so on. Are, are they really going to get serious about stopping and, and lowering pollution in China? No, they actually have committed already. Just, uh, just I think uh, a week or two ago, they have committed to, the, uh, to, the, uh, to reducing the, uh, the coal output. You know, uh, uh, it was announced. Uh, you know, uh, they, 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 they had announced some goals. They're going to reach that goal. Of course, their numbers is going to be uh, a lot slower than you know U.S. or other established economy, uh, yeah. but but they are committed to uh, to reach the uh, climate change you know uh, goal. So climate change is one of the few areas that the U.S. and China actually are cooperating, you mm -hmm. know, on helping reduce the carbon footprint in the world. And that's part of the reason why the EV market is so well, uh, so big and so uh, so important to China. And in fact, you know, uh, for all your investors, listeners, you know, if they want to invest. In China, you know, all these amazing companies uh, are doing uh, good things in China for SPAC and things like that nature. For example, there's a company called Geely, G-E-E-L-Y, Geely, who owns Volvo already. It's one of the largest privately owned, you know, uh, Chinese car company. Uh, and they are already doing a SPAC for NASDAQ uh, for about $300 million IPO. And, for e for uh, EV cars, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and they also uh, they will be powered by their Hong Kong-based venture arm called GLY Capital, and uh, so they're doing all these things. This will be uh, really a good, uh, interesting, uh, you know, things to look at because Geely is being uh, owned by this Chinese entrepreneur, uh, Chairman Li L I, Chairman Li Shufu Li L I, 
mm-hmm. who is a very uh, innovative guy. Uh, I mean, look, who have the have the uh, have the have the guts to buy Volvo and make Volvo in China now? And now because of that, Volvo is actually selling pretty well in China compared to uh-huh. other you know cars of their times. And uh, another you know, uh, and they also own a lot of other companies. So Volvo also own a Swedish EV maker. From Switzerland, Swiss, Swedish, you know, car maker called Polestar, P O L E S T A R, Polestar, and Polestar already did a Series A investment of uh, for about seven billion dollars uh, just now, and they're doing a Series B. Very good. Okay, we're going to go to a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Savio Chan. Uh, he's a preeminent expert on U.S.-China partnerships. We've been talking about the EV market and the Chinese consumer market. Uh, his book is called China Super Consumers, What One Billion Customers Want and How to Sell It to Them. You can find out more about Savio at his website, uschinapartners.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Savio Chan, preeminent expert on U.S.-China partnerships, author of the book China's Super Consumers, and CEO of uschinapartners.com. Welcome back to the show, Savio. Hi. So we talked about EVs. We talked about the Chinese market. Let's talk about China raising capital in the U.S. Uh, are a lot of Chinese companies issuing shares in the U.S., and is that going to be a growing market? Yes, it is. It is. And in fact, you know, uh, many China unicorn uh, are doing a lot of things in the U.S. Uh, and uh, so let me, let me ask you. Maybe you maybe you know the answer because you're the money expert, man. Um, what is the world's number one Unicorn now in terms of valuations. Who's the number one unicorn in the world? Who are they? Alibaba. I would say Alibaba. Oh, used used to be Alibaba, but Alibaba is already public, so it's no doesn't count as a unicorn anymore. So ah. unicorn is privately owned. They're, they're not public yet, right? Oh, I see. So the number saying. one, the they're number one unicorn private. now in the world has been number one for about a few years now. Is uh, the parent company of TikTok, which is ByteDance. 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 And they are worth about 
140 billion last year, and this year they put it worth about 250 billion. And, and are they going to come public soon? Are they potentially going to come public? Well, they are. They are planning to go for IPO. So when they go IPO, they will be the mega biggest IPO you can see. You know, they're going to they're going to come on come on to Nasdaq. You know, uh, very likely Nasdaq or China or both. You know. Now, some have been saying that China is issuing too much capital in the United States, and as a way of punishing them for bad political behavior, like the crackdown in Hong Kong and other places, that we shouldn't let them have uh, companies go public in the U.S. There's been talk of that. Is that a possibility? You think? No. I've, uh, if you look at the trend, you know, uh, uh, you know, there's so many more uh, Chinese companies go IPO in the U.S. last year and this year. So far, the, the trend has not been stopping yet. And in fact, all the spec, you know, uh, more and more Chinese companies are actually going IPO for spec also. So I, th- you, I think you see this, this trend not only is not stopping, actually it's accelerating because yeah. they foresee they'd like to be listed in the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ. They think it's more prestigious than doing that in Hong Kong or, uh, or China themselves. But of course, if we stop them, guess what? They'll go to Hong Kong and they will go to China. So I don't think it would be a good idea to stop them to list it, to list yeah. uh, in our exchange. I mean, it's good for us. Uh, it's good for us for many reasons. Uh, let's go the other direction now. So the China has A shares and B shares. A shares have been pretty much for local investors and B shares for foreigners. But that is breaking down. Is the A share market in China opening up for foreign investors more now? Yeah, China is opening up that more for sure. And in fact, you know, uh, China is also opened up the financial market to the U.S. You know, uh, financial firms, you know, J.P. Morgan School in China. And in the past, all these firms had to be joint venture with the local Chinese you know, companies. But now again, for the first time, they will allow major U.S. companies to go there, financial companies to go there to do that by themselves without any joint venture partner. So. So all these are good things for 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 the whole market situation, and China is also uh, have a lot more individual retail investors than than the U.S. too, right? So I think that yeah, they're opening up, you know, uh, for sure uh, because of they're guided by all these top, you know, uh, U.S. you know leaders, you know, uh, from Stephen Schwartzman to uh, Jamie Dimon to uh, to uh, Ray Dalio. They yeah. are all Chinese friends, by the believe it or not, they're all they're all friends with Chinese government, you know, in a good way to help them to open up the market the market for us. What what are some of the funds that you think are doing a good job at investing in China that American investors might look into if they want to invest in China? That's a lot of funds. I mean, if, if you look at all the major, you know, VC funds and PE, they're all doing tremendous in China. I mean, from the most well-known name like BlackRock and Blackstone to the not so well-known name, they're all doing really well in China. But And the reverse is also true. Uh, there are some uh, Chinese, uh, you know, uh, uh, American who uh, who do things here. Uh, one of the uh, one of the fund that I know uh, they are they are doing 5G. You know, uh, investing in 5G. You know, uh, companies and, and and technologies in the U.S. It's a it's a U.S. ETF fund. You know, who do all those kind of stuff. So there are all these uh, fund who are doing really well, and the list is really long. I mean, you can you can really look it up very very easily. Any one of and, your favorites? And, and, and also, since all these Chinese companies are. Many of them are actually listed in the U.S. exchange. You can you can invest in them really easily too. You just have to know who they are, and and get to them before the, before it's uh, before it's too late. You know. What would be one or two of your favorites, Savio, where you know the people who do a particularly good job investing in China? 
you know, so so one of the company, one of the company that I want to talk about is is uh, is is uh, you may not know the company name. It's called Shine, S H E I N, Shine, and uh, they are one of the most popular, you know, direct to consumer brand. They are like a Zara or H and M, but they are now already bigger than Zara and uh, number two in the world, and they are already worth about fifteen billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in terms of valuations, a big unicorn, and uh, and uh, they're gonna go, they're gonna approaching the uh, H and M, uh, and and they already passed Zara at fourteen billion dollars of sales, you know, already. Mm-hmm. And this is a company who sell all this cheap, you know, inexpensive, you know, uh, you know, uh, fashion, you know, uh, fast fashion. Yeah. And they have like five hundred new items for sale each day. Now you don't you don't know the brand, but I guarantee you, if you ask your teenager. You know, ladies' friends or teenager girls. You know, they're your friend's daughter. They probably will know the brand more than you do, because they have done a lot, of, a lot, a lot of work with the popular celebrities like Katy Perry and all these people of the nature already. Yeah. And uh, so they are, they are really big. They use social media uh, a lot, and uh, and they do a lot of TikTok, and uh, and they have six point two billion. The they're listed in the U.S. market as well. They're not listed, but they, they, they're going to go IPO soon. So right. when they go IPO soon, they're gonna be another an, another major company that you can go after. The key is to get them know them before they they hit that you know wave, right? Yes. You know, and I think that you know, uh, I mean, this is already an, a brand that are well known to a lot of the American teenagers, and uh, and it's founded by a Chinese American, you know, called Chris Su X U X like X Ray X U, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a Chinese American. And uh, so they sell all these inexpensive wedding dresses, all this, you know, everyday wear, apparel, home goods, pet supplies. You know, it's amazing. You know, they, they do like, you know, uh, billions of dollars of sales, you know, uh, you know, in such a short time. It's yeah. incredible. Very so, so you know, I think the key is to find out all these new companies before they become a Google or, or Alibaba, right? Because if you yeah. want to buy Alibaba now, it's no longer a good deal compared to when it first started out, right? Right. Now you you help American companies go into China. You help Chinese companies come into America. You have what you call the five principles of doing business between U.S. and China. Let's go through this principle. What is the first principle of doing business in China? Back and forth with U.S. and China. Well, I think the the I, I break it down into these five you know principles. It's called under the, the the name China, right? The first you know rules are the culture. Uh, so you must know the culture of Chinese people because they think and they communicate differently than Americans. They are not, they are unlike us, you know, we are more, you know, A to B, direct, you know, uh, and tell them directly and, and be blunt, you know, uh, cut to the chase, you know, with yeah. the waste time. But yeah. Chinese people, they are more circular, you know? They, mm-hmm. are, they, are, they go around and around and uh, they're polite. They don't like confrontations. They won't say no to you in your face. They want to respect you. Uh, they're family oriented, so culture, is a key of doing the right thing. Whether you are dealing with the leaders from President Xi, or you're doing a deal in uh, uh, for investments with one mm-hmm. of the Chinese founders. So if you don't know, if you don't know, if you don't know the culture, then you'll be you'll be really at a disadvantage. Okay, so that's number C. What is the H? Well, I think H is the uh, you have the uh, harness all these you know uh, you know uh, relationships with all these partners. You know, uh, in uh, in China's because you know in China you can do things alone and uh, 
you need government to help you. You need the other private companies to help you to understand and deal with the Chinese consumers and all the bureaucracy, you know, to, to all these things. So you, you need to harness all these partners and government officials from the state to the central government, to the local government, to the, uh, to the, uh, all these things to, uh, to help you do all these things. It's which is very important, you know? Okay, so H is harness. Okay, and what is I? Well, I, we talked about it before, is the intellectual property. Mm. I think, you know, uh, and because China is, is still, uh, still a lot of the IP. So, and in China, the, the patent and trademark is first to file, not first to use. In America, it's first to use. That means that if you, if you own it, if you use it first, you own it. But in China, it's first to file, which means if you file the name, Jordan Goodman and company in China, I don't care about how long you've been doing business in America, if you file it in China first, you own it. Mm -hmm. so, so you have to file your name early in your cycle before even going to a trade show, talk to your partners. Uh, when you think about when to, when to go to China, you have to file your trademark and patent early, first to file. So understand the system and file them early with the right lawyers You protect yourself. I have deal with a lot of the major multi-billion dollar companies and help them work with companies who, who, who file their website, their names in China. They have to pay a lot of money to get it back because of they didn't file it themselves. When you file it, also you have to also file the, not only the English name, but also the Chinese name yes. in China. Because uh -huh. they go by the Chinese name. They don't, they, don't call, they, they don't go by your English name. So if you forget to file your Chinese name in China, somebody will file it. And then you find out, oh, geez, they all call my company brand in Chinese, you know, back now, you're, now <laughs> yes. you're lost. All right. So that's the I. What is the N of the, uh, the doing the five principles? Well, the N is you want to navigate the, the, the landscape by, with a local commercial partner because that, that's very important. If you don't look, uh, have, have a commercial partner, uh, that's why even, you know, the, the most successful companies have a local commercial partner like Starbucks, one of the most successful brands in China. Uh, they're doing so well in China, but when they first went to China, they have three local joint venture partners, one in the south, one in the middle, one in the east. Because China is so big, no one local partners can handle all their needs. So there are three joint venture partners, help them understand how to launch Starbucks stores in all the territory, because China is so big and so diverse, so different. So 15 years later, Starbucks buy back all the joint venture shares from all the JV partner become wholly owned. So today they no longer have any JV partner. But in the first 15 years, they really depend on the joint venture partners to help them navigate the landscape in China. So they're so successful launching it and avoid all these costly mistakes because it's food, the supply chain, all this good stuff. So they really did a good job because they really leverage with a navigated landscape with a good local Chinese commercial partner. Very good. And what is the A of the five principles? Well, the A is the last one, but also the most important one. You know, whatever you do, you may feel you have the best technology, the best, you know, trademark, the best, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, things to do things. Anticipate copycat and competitions because they are going to they, they learn fast. They're going to copy your business model. They're going to launch it faster and their costs will be cheaper because they are local people. They know how to do that cheaper than you do. So, you have to constantly anticipate, you know, your competitors going to copy your model and, 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 and do a better than you do. That's why even Tesla, who's doing so in China, is worried about NIO, N-I-O, 
Because NIO is the local competitor, it's called the Chinese Tesla, on NIO Star Exchange. Now they have the battery separated. So when you buy the car from NIO, you don't buy the, the, the car, the battery is, is outside. And then when you go to charge the battery, you go to a charging station, they attach you a new battery every time in I five see. minutes. I set. So they actually do it better than you do and, uh, and differently than you do if you don't anticipate your competition to, to learn faster and, and conquer the market quicker than you do, you will lose for sure. So you always have to be very you know, mindful about the comp competitors. So again, the five uh, principles are C is culture, H is harness partners, I is intellectual property, N is navigate with commercial partners, and A is anticipate. Very, very good. So are you I, finding a lot of American companies are interested in, in going to China and, and learning about what to do today? Yes, I think the uh, depend on the sectors, right? If you if you're in the right sectors, you uh, you'll be very interested. So, for example, I'm having a, a technology company who helped them raise ten million dollars in China from China from Chinese companies to have them launch their first Chinese joint venture factory because they're selling to the EV market and they have they have unique technologies. So the IP is all in Hong Kong and here, and we license technology in China. But the Chinese company will give them ten million dollars to get the access to use the technology to open up the, the market in China. So for the right sector, uh, people are still very interested. And if you don't know what, which is the right sector, study the five-year plan that China put, China put out every five years. And this five-year plan tells you the next five years, you know, what industry they're going to encourage, what industry they're going to promote, what industry they're going to get the best subsidy and support. If you go to the right industry, you'll be on the right trend and you can get the most support from both government and commercial enterprise and also so, capital. So what are some of those industries? I assume a lot of them are kind of uh, environmental and solar and EV and helping the uh, stop pollution. What, what are some of the industries that they're going to be promoting in the next five years? Well, AI, technology, AI and chips, you know, the, the chips, you know, that the power, the technology, all these microchips. So all those industries that they used to depend on America or other countries support, they want to be self-sufficient. So they want to develop those industries by learning from us and joining from joining venture from us, and then they can develop their own slowly but surely. So they are all outlined in those in on those industry in their five-year plan. So if you study that, you will know which technology they want to they want to they want to favor and which region they want you to go after. So maybe they want you to open up factories, maybe in in Chongqing, China, in the central of China, not in Shanghai and Beijing anymore, for example. So you have to know where to go and what to do so that you can be on the right side of the government so that you can get the best support. So you can do like what you know what Tesla was doing. You know, they, they I, I would I, I would argue that Tesla reached their status of being so successful financially and the and the market cap. Part and partial because of the Chinese, you know, uh, yes. you know, uh, investments because of the, uh, they, they, they really hit the jackpot of putting that Chinese Shanghai Gigafactory using Chinese money and then selling all these cars. Not only now is the supply in the Chinese market, they will export their car from China to other countries. So that right. is a really good success stories. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Savio Chan. He's the preeminent expert on U.S.-China partnerships. He's the president of the U.S.-China Partners Incorporated. You can find about him at his website, which is uschinapartners.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Savio Chan, the preeminent expert on U.S.-China partnerships. He is the CEO of uschinapartners.com. Welcome back to the show, Savio. Thank you. So we've been talking about investing in China, but there's a lot of Chinese citizens that are in America starting American companies, and that might not be as well known. Tell us a little bit about what kind of Asian Americans are starting uh, and growing businesses in the U.S. Well, you know, we we all know about Black Lives Matter, you know, uh, but the, the truth of the matter is Asian Americans in America is the fastest growing minority in America. Now we have 23 million Asian Americans living and uh, working in America. These are U.S. citizens. Uh, who live and work here, and a good chunk of them are Chinese. You know, Chinese have more than five or six million by by, the, by themselves in, in in America, and because of our culture, many are entrepreneurs. They start company, they raise money, they 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 grow them big. You know, because you know, but but you know how it is. You know, Jordan, that you know we are more humble, we are more quiet. So you don't even know a lot of these Chinese companies are actually well known name, but they actually started and owned by a Chinese founder and CEOs. Now, we all know that the, the Google, you know, the, uh, or, the, uh, or the other major tech company in the U.S. are owned by Indian entrepreneurs, but a lot of the entrepreneurs who started well-known companies actually are Chinese-American who have been living and working in the U.S. for the last 15, 20 years, if not longer. So Zoom, as you know, this well-known company, is started by Eric Yun, Y-U-E-N, who's a Chinese-American. You know, and uh, so become very successful. And DoorDash, which is another fa- famous well-known company, went IPO not too long ago. It's also started by Tony Shu. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, those, so so many of them are actually you know uh, run by Chinese you know entrepreneurs. Uh, you know uh, that are Chinese origin. Uh, you know, national uh, and become, become become U.S. citizen. And there's a yep. company in New in New York called Box B O X E D Box. And they are like the, uh, the uh, you know, it's like a, you know, uh, a warehouse, you know, model, you know, uh, in, for the millennials. So you can buy everything, you know, from, from, from uh, the napkin to everything that you buy from box.com. They deliver to your home for free, you know. Uh, so you don't have to wait for waiting online at Costco anymore. And they, and they raise $400 million of, you know, of capital. And they're doing really, really well. They're right in Manhattan uh, headquarters. And, uh, and they... They did doing really well, and the CEO is Che Huang, 
a, uh, a again Asian American Chinese Americans yeah. who are who have been here for I a mean, long time. So there's many of them, and one of the companies that, 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 that I work with is called Fresh Gogo, and Fresh Gogo, F R E S H G O G O Fresh Gogo is the largest you know Asian you know uh, you know uh, food and groceries delivered to your home, and uh -huh. they are already operating in 19 states. In four years' time, you know they started in, in only four years ago. Now they're making money. They are now close to hundred million dollars in sales. You know, uh, and they are in Chicago. They are in. So if you want to order the best Chinese food in Chinatown, you know uh, Manhattan or Flushing, New York, Queens, they deliver to Chicago and uh, and Atlanta, Georgia. You know, and uh, it's amazing. They are uh, is is convenient and it's fast. So there's a lot of these companies who are under the radar who are all going to be more well known because of Asian Americans, especially Chinese Americans, they love to start company and they like to they like to uh, raise capital and 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 make it uh, make it big here. I mean, some would say this is the reason for discrimination against Asian Americans and even violence against Asian Americans is resentment that they're being so successful. Is is that a real problem? Well, that's a real problem, but because of that, you know, we try to uh, raise the awareness, you know, to uh, to combat, you know, uh, that uh, that Asian hate crime. So there's a new group called the Asian American Foundation, T A A F, like Frank. Uh, .org just raised 125 million dollars, became the largest you know Asian American foundation started just two weeks ago, uh, you know, and then uh, backed by all these well-known founders like Jerry Yang from Yahoo, you know, and Li Lu from Himalaya Capital. They raised 125 million dollars, and all the major Fortune 500 gonna match them, and another 125 million dollars. So they will have. $250 million of capital trying to combat all these, you know, Asian-American hate crime and help unite the Asian-Americans. And they just launched their event, uh, you know, uh, about a week ago. And I attended the event virtually. And it was amazing. They have the three past president, President Bush, President Obama, and President Clinton kick off the event together, you know, mm. uh, to announce this, you know, uh, Asian American Foundation. So you can see the time has come for Asian Americans to to get more attention, to get more support, uh, to uh, to be more successful in this in this you know multicultural world that we live in. What would you say is one of the biggest misperceptions of American businessmen in wanting to do business in China that you can help them overcome by having them set up business in China? Well, I think that the, one of the one of the biggest uh, misconception is. They think Chinese companies are a copycat and they steal IP and they don't really uh, they don't know how to innovate. Now that may be true 20 years ago. That, that that's less true 10 years ago. But today, I would say that they they are uh, the innovation quotient, the way they innovate, the way they, they learn about especially on consumer internet and technology are really you know past many of the best companies you've seen in the U.S. And in fact. Even Facebook and Google are learning from you know all these Chinese tech company because they are doing such a such a good job. So, so for example, the Chinese you know uh, you know Uber called Didi D I D I Didi, you know they have just did a ten billion dollar race with a hundred billion dollar valuations, and Didi gonna go IPO on Nasdaq. So Didi you know uh, not only they acquire Uber in China because because they do it better even than Uber. You know, when mm -hmm. when in China, and then, and now they're growing, you know, global. So all these companies are, uh, unlike what you expect, they're no longer the copycat. They're no longer the 
the Me Too company, they actually invent and innovate, you know, and so that we should pay attention to the new trend of the companies. And they also know how to raise money now, learning from us, right? So, yeah. so I think that that's why all these companies are going to them to expand to China for that reason. In about two minutes we have left, why don't you kind of sum up the, the future of U.S.-China relationships and business and, and whether it's going to go well or it's going to be filled with tension. It seems to go, it could go either way. Well, I'm hopeful because I think that for the right leaders, if the both sides of the leaders understand it will be much more important to cooperate and coexist, there will be area that we compete. But if you focus on our strength together, the number one and number two economy in the world, if we work together, uh, there's a lot more prosperity and, and jobs we can both create for both our economies, for both our people. So I think it's not to zero in on the, in, on the minor areas of competitions, but to focus on the area that we can both grow and together in this new world. Because I think that, you know, uh, uh, today U.S. is the number one economy in about, you know, 10 to 15 years. China will be number one, but doesn't really matter number one, number one, number two. I think it's really important to focus on the merits of cooperations, you know, and 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 uh, and the spirit of you know uh, rising together to a better world. I think that's important for us to focus on, and not to focus on all the you know uh, the minor you know conflict that we have, which is going to hurt us in the short term. You know? right. we've learned a lot this last hour. My guest has been Savio Chan. He's the preeminent expert on U.S.-China partnerships. He helps American companies go into China and Chinese companies come into America. Uh, he is the CEO of U.S. China Partners. You can find out more at his website, which is uschinapartners.com. And he's also the author of a best-selling book called China's Super Consumers, What One Billion Customers Want and How to Sell It to Them. Thanks so much. We've learned an awful lot on this edition of The Money Answer Show, Savio. Thank you. Thank you very much, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.